What's going on, everyone? And welcome in to another edition of B-Shape Daily. Brendan Schaefer here with you in the late evening hours of Tuesday, March 14th, 2023. And the madness is nearly upon us. We're talking March Madness here on the show today. Going to do a little bracket breakdown. I think we're going to go four podcasts here on your B-Shape Daily feed where we will go region by region. And I think I'm just going to kind of talk my way through the bracket. I have filled out my bracket for the most part. I do have a couple of blank spaces. And when we get into the episode about the East region, which is the bottom left-hand side of your bracket if you're looking at it, I'll be able to explain what I mean by that because there are a few blank lines in that that portion of the bracket, I should say, that I still have not been able to figure out what to do with. And uh, so on the East podcast, you'll hear what I mean, and I'll I'll tell you about my dilemma when it comes to that. But we're going to get started with the upper left version uh, portion, I should say, of the bracket, the South region. And if you're watching on YouTube, I'm going to try to do this as well, experimenting a little bit more with these videos I'm Brendan Schaefer, St. Louis Cardinals writer is the name of the page on YouTube. But go ahead and give me a subscription or a like or a follow or whatever you do on YouTube. I, I'm not, I'm still not too familiar with it, but I'm trying to get that up and running here over the summer as we get into baseball season more and more. Going to be doing more Cardinals videos over there. And I thought this could be a nice way I maybe could screen record and show you the bracket as we're talking about it. So that's what I'm going to try to do. It could be a little bit of a work in progress, but... Go ahead and give me a follow and a like, a subscription, if you will, on YouTube. It's youtube.com slash at bshafer12 is how you can find me. It's the same at as my Twitter handle, Instagram, all that good stuff. But let's go ahead and get into it. If you're just listening audio only, I'll try to be very descriptive. But uh, for the video side, we've got the bracket up here. We'll start with the South region. It's number one, Alabama against number 16, Texas A&M Corpus Christi, the Islanders, we able to knock off SEMO on Tuesday night. Yeah, was hoping maybe SEMO could advance there out of Cape Girardeau, local flair to it. But they would have gotten popped by Alabama anyway, so it is it is what it is. Alabama's going to advance over the Islanders. I don't think there's any question about that. It could get to a point later on in the bracket where I start to wonder how does Alabama kind of deal with the pressure, I guess, that could be associated with a little bit more media scrutiny as time goes on. Uh, because that the Brandon Miller situation, uh, the, 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 the murder charge against Darius Miles, who's a former player for Alabama basketball earlier this year, the gun involved in that murder was Brandon Miller's, and he was not charged, is not a suspect necessarily or, or involved in it in a, in a criminal way, was considered a witness. But, I mean, the, the scrutiny has, has been definitely well-deserved, I think, by Alabama and Nate Oates and the way that he went about that. It kind of seemed like they tried to, to, to sweep it under the rug a little bit, and then more information comes out later about his Brandon Miller's potential involvement, and he's a lottery pick, going to be the first college player drafted in this upcoming NBA draft. So a lot of lot going on there for Alabama. I don't think that's going to have any sort of impact on them in the first round, but it is worth kind of wondering, does that, does that kind of scrutiny catch up to them, and, and how do they deal with that as the tournament goes along? but certainly deserving on the court of being the top overall seed. I think you could have made a case for Houston. You could have maybe made a case for Kansas until they lost to Texas in the Big 12 championship game in that tournament. But I think Alabama, with what they did through the SEC schedule, obviously beating Mizzou there in the semifinals of the SEC tournament, 
deserving number one overall seed. They're going to advance here. Not a whole lot else to get into about that. We go to the 8-9 game, and uh, if you're watching on YouTube, I'll pull up the DraftKings uh, sportsbook lines so that we can get an idea for what the sportsbooks are saying uh, about some of these games as well. The 8-9 game between Maryland, number 8, and West Virginia, number 9. West Virginia comes in as a two-point favorite. I think that's right. Uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of leaning toward West Virginia in, in this one as well. I just don't love, first of all, don't love the Big Ten. That That's going to end up being a theme, I think, for my bracket. As we go through this thing, there are going to be some conferences that I show bias towards or against. Uh, I, I wanted to show bias toward the SEC. We'll see if that plays out in my bracket. Uh, Mississippi State did fall earlier tonight to Pittsburgh, so when we get to that portion uh, of the bracket in a later region, we'll, we'll have that matchup finalized in the 6-11 there. Uh, the first four games in Dayton. We're, we're through two of those as of Tuesday night, two more to come on Wednesday before the fun gets th- going on Thursday. But the SEC already taken a tough loss. Uh, the Big 12, though, really arguably the best conference top to bottom this season in, in college basketball. It's a smaller conference, only 10 teams. So it's a little bit different than the Big 10 or the SEC, which has, has quite a few more teams in, in each of those leagues. But I think West Virginia, they score better than Maryland. And it's hard to back... It can be hard to back a team that only scores and doesn't play good defense, but at the same time, I, I just don't necessarily look at a Maryland team and say, oh, I'm I'm going to feel good about their ability to advance here when they, I just don't think as a scoring as a scoring offense they're going to do a whole lot as I try to pull up some of the Ken Palm. Uh, 22 overall in Ken Palm is impressive. I mean, I guess that wasn't totally fair to Maryland. I didn't realize they were so high in, in offensive efficiency. I knew their defense was good. 35th in offensive efficiency, 33rd defensively, 312 in adjusted tempo, though, as you see there if you're watching on on the YouTube page. Uh, They're going to try to grind you down, and West Virginia is really going to do the opposite of that. I feel like West Virginia is going to try to run a little bit more pace, 17th in Ken Palm. So that's a really interesting 8-9 matchup where you've got these two teams that are ranked inside the top 25 in Ken Palm, according to the metrics, and... They're an 8-9 matchup. So West Virginia could be a little bit dangerous, too, if they were to advance against Alabama. I don't think I have that in my bracket, but uh, I I like the 15 overall uh, offensive efficiency. Play with a little bit more tempo, 104th in adjusted tempo. I'm going West Virginia because I don't respect the Big Ten enough. That's really the bottom line. Moving on to the 5-12 matchup, San Diego State and College of Charleston. We get into that first 5-12 matchup. A lot of times, these are the upsets that can be very popular to pick in your brackets. And this is one that I was really tempted to pick. Charleston's a team that they won 30 games this season. They're 31-3, I believe, out of the Big South Conference. Uh, But really not any notable wins necessarily for that team this year. Even though they racked up 31 wins, lost to North Carolina by 16. That's not a tournament team. They beat Kent State by two. That is a team that that made it out of the MAC. They won the MAC tournament and beat Virginia Tech by two. But that's not a tournament team either. We talked about conference bias, and I'm I'm maybe going to be biased against the Mountain West in a lot of ways when it comes to this bracket. Uh, it's been several years since the Mountain West has had a team win a game in the NCAA tournament, and I really feel like they they all play against each other. And you can say, well, they've got these great wins because you know. San Diego State might beat Boise State, and Boise State's pretty highly rated according to the metrics. And 
are any of these teams going out and beating power conference teams? Um, I don't want to disrespect the league too much because I do know Mizzou plays against one of these Mountain West teams, and we'll get to uh, the Mizzou portion lower on in the uh, the South region here. But I look at San Diego State and Charleston, and the thing that I couldn't really get over when trying to convince myself to pick this matchup was that Charleston is 73rd in Ken Palm, pretty decently balanced in terms of offensive and defensive efficiency, around 70 and 75 respectively, and they play good tempo, 29th in tempo. And, uh, you know, I, I like the underdog. I like the plucky little guy. But if you compare this team to what San Diego State is liable to do 14th in Ken Palm. Um, not much better offensively. San Diego State does struggle to score at times, but defensively they're one of the best teams in the country, 10th in defensive efficiency. They'll grind you out. They'll slow you down. I, I'm, I'm picking some 5-12 upsets. I really am going to have some 12s over 5 later on, but that this isn't going to be one of them in the South region. Um, as badly as I want to do it, I, I didn't want to get too crazy with upsets in my bracket. Um, I'll have quite a few maybe more than most. My problem is usually I pick them and then I I pick the wrong ones. But we're going to go with San Diego State for this in particular on the 5-12 matchup. Um, Partially because when you you scroll down a little further to the 4-13, Virginia against Furman, yeah, I'm I'm taking the upset here. Give me the Paladins. I can't stand the way Virginia plays. Um, they, They play slow. They've been this way for years. It works. Tony Bennett has done a great job at Virginia over the years, but I can't stand watching them play basketball, and so I don't want to support it. I don't want to be sitting there watching Virginia and Furman play, and if Furman's hitting threes, which which they're liable to do, that's sort of the book on Furman is, is you get the ability to score. Yeah, they're 89th in Ken Palm. That's not great, but they're 33rd in adjusted offensive efficiency, and I feel like that's a good sort of matchup, a a good alignment for them against a Virginia team that isn't necessarily great offensively. Uh, 74th in adjusted offensive efficiency. They're 25th defensively, and they're 360th in adjusted tempo. They're trying to slow you down, which means if Furman starts knocking down triples, which they're capable of doing, uh, they, they shoot, I believe, like, shoot and make maybe more threes than most any team in the country. Their efficiency on three-point percentage is not incredible they're kind of middle of the pack but they shoot it so often that as long as they just make a a, a standard amount of their threes I feel like Furman could be really interesting because Virginia does not play a style that allows them necessarily to mount a comeback if they get down early so I'll be intrigued to see what happens there I'm picking the upset though uh in terms of the the point spread Furman's a five and a half point underdog they're plus 190 on the money line yeah, I don't know if I if if I'm gonna actually wager on the money line here. I kind of like Furman though, plus the five and a half because even if they don't get the win outright, does Virginia really blow out anybody? It, it seems like they don't, right? It it seems like this season, as we look at some of their recent scores on uh, on the YouTube machine here, I just don't feel like they're the the type of the team that's gonna score and blow, blow people out. Some of their recent results, they've been able to get, you know, they beat UNC in the in the ACC tournament by nine, but they didn't score 70. They they kind of roundhouse Clemson 76 to 56, but Clemson's not very good, didn't make the tournament. And they scored 49 against Duke in the ACC final. I don't know. I'm just not buying too much into Virginia. I don't want to, and so I'm not picking them. I'm taking Furman in my bracket, and uh, that's what I've got. Moving down the list, here's one that could end up being pretty tricky. Creighton, 
the sixth seed against the 11 seed NC State, and a lot of people feel like NC State didn't belong in the tournament. Um, you know, they go 23 and 10 in an ACC that was considered to be pretty down. They got a win over Duke. They split with Duke. They split with Miami in the season series. They lost to Clemson three times. If you're Clemson in a pretty similar resume, you're thinking that should have been enough to get us in over NC State. Didn't happen. They lost to Pitt. Split with North Carolina, not a tournament team. Um, here's the mistake I think people might be making when it comes to this NC State team is how many times in past years do we look at a situation and go, oh, they shouldn't have been in the tournament. Like, they they got fortunate to be seated here. They didn't even have to be put into the play-in. And, you know, that means we're just going to write them off. But then they end up coming up with a win. Like, I don't think NC State should be here as well. And I'm, I'm trying to pull up the the picks here for how many people on ESPN are picking Creighton in that first-round matchup. 66.6%, it looks like here, of brackets have Creighton advancing. So a good two-third of the folks. And that's more of like, I don't know what ESPN has on this, but it feels like it's probably closer to a 50-50 According to, well, maybe not. Looking at some of the game predictor stuff on ESPN, they've got a pretty handled, sizable advantage for Creighton. I just worry that everybody's overlooking NC State, and so that tends to be the one that gets you. And 11 seeds have historically done pretty well in the tournament. But I'm picking Creighton, and as as we'll go forward here, you'll see that I've got them going pretty far. So I... I think Creighton is really talented. I think the Big East, you know, is a pretty good conference this year. They're 13th in Ken Palm in the nation. They're top 30 in adjusted offensive and defensive efficiency. That's kind of one of the markers, too, that you look for. Uh, I believe the stat is there hasn't been a national champion, or it's like 17 in the last 18 national champions have been within the top 40 in both adjusted O and adjusted D efficiency. So if you're outside the top 40 in one of the, one of the other, you're not very liable to end up cutting down the nets at the end of the whole thing. So Creighton is one of those teams that 21-12 may not look very impressive on the record. Pretty good resume, though, and I feel like that's a team that I feel good about. And so I'm kind of putting all my eggs in that basket. I just don't want to find myself rooting for NC State. They they didn't play very well down the stretch necessarily, uh, kind of slithered their way in here. Doesn't mean they can't go on a run. That's typically the, that 11 seed you end up usually seeing an 11 seed make it to the Sweet 16 most of these years. It seems like I'm just, it's not going to be me. It's not going to be NC State that I take. So there we go. We'll move on to the three seed Baylor against UC Santa Barbara. And there's a stat here about, and, and this is going to apply to Missouri as well. So it's going to pain me when we talk about it. But there's a stat about teams that are ranked really highly in adjusted offensive efficiency as I keep messing up the, the Google sound you hear occasionally is me typing and, and uh, control effing to try to find the Ken Palm ratings for these teams. Baylor 15th in Ken Palm. They're number two in the nation in adjusted offensive efficiency. But if you are top 10 adjusted O, but outside the top 75 in adjusted D, which Baylor is at 104 in adjusted defensive efficiency, you are historically very susceptible to early round upsets. And Baylor is a team, actually, I believe they were a three seed when they lost to Georgia State and Ron Hunter, remember the coach that had the torn ACL, fell out of his stool uh, when his son, R.J. Hunter, hit the big shot for Georgia State over many years ago. That was against Baylor as well when when Baylor was a three seed. 
I think we could see history repeat itself. I'm actually taking UC Santa Barbara in this matchup, and really it's just a, a combination of I like picking upsets and that stat right there where Baylor, great offensively, outside the top 100 defensively, that can be something that, that sort of comes back to haunt them. UC Santa Barbara's outside the top 100 in Ken Palm. Uh, totally get that they're not going to be a, a, a very, you know, on-paper capable team of beating Baylor. But they play really slow, 302 in adjusted tempo. And so if Baylor's not hitting shots, it's just one of those teams that if they shorten the game against you and possessions kind of go by slowly and the clock gets to be drained, weird things can happen. So that's that's the 14 over three that I'm taking. I was tempted to take another one I'll talk about over in the Midwest region coming up. But that's a move that I'm making in my bracket, partially because, like I said, I plan on taking Creighton pretty far. And sometimes it can be fun to pick those early round upsets when when you would expect the 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 underdog in the round of 32 to advance to the Sweet 16 anyway, you might as well have a little bit of fun with your first-round game. So that's what I'm doing here with UC Santa Barbara. I, I can't claim that I know a whole bunch about them. I believe they're out of the Big West. Um, you know, the Gauchos. Let's make it happen. That's sort of my bottom line. All right, let's get to the one that's going to pain me personally, uh, potentially ruin my, uh, my experience on Thursday at 12.40 p.m. The Missouri Tigers... The seventh seed taking on Utah State out of the Mountain West. This is really tough for me, guys. Uh, you know, for those who are not aware, I went to Mizzou. That's my school. And I've loved everything that they've been able to do this year. Dennis Gates has been a revelation to the program. I'm so glad they got him. The contract extension, the, the pay raise, all that good stuff. It's great stuff. But you look here at Ken Palm, 51 in Ken Palm, 10th in adjusted offensive efficiency, 178 in adjusted defensive efficiency. Based on the Baylor stat I just gave, Mizzou is a prime candidate for an early round exit in the NCAA tournament based on the history of great offense, bad defense. But the thing about Mizzou is they play bad defense, but they also have the ability to do some good things on defense. They can turn you over. Des Moines Hodge, the the Mizzou single season record for steals. Uh, He comes in and just does a marvelous job there. Mizzou pressures the opposition and that could be something that is an equalizer for the fact that they can't rebound and that sometimes they don't make their shots very effectively they can turn you over and if they can turn those into transition buckets Mizzou's got a chance their offense again 10th in the nation but Utah State man they Mizzou got the toughest draw of all the seven seeds Utah State is ranked 18th in Ken Palm they're 13th in adjusted O. 64th in adjusted defensive efficiency. They're kind of like a mirror image of Mizzou. They can shoot the three. They they, they play with a, a pretty decent tempo. It's a scary matchup. If I were not a Mizzou alum and I were just ob- objectively looking at this bracket from afar, I didn't have a personal stake in it, I'll be honest with you. I'd have Utah State to the Sweet 16. And Utah State, if you look on the, uh, the sports books, I believe they're favored in this game. Yep, by a point and a half, Utah State favored as the 10 seed over Missouri. But I'm not going to not pick Missouri in the bracket here. So I'm picking Mizzou. I'm absolutely terrified of the matchup. It would not surprise me to see Mizzou make the early round exit, um, but I'm not going to not pick them. I would. I really wanted to be able to take Mizzou to the Sweet 16 this year. Um, I'm, I'm scared about the first round matchup. I think it's a bad matchup. You could kind of make a case in either direction if you wanted to and say, well, it, it's not 
like they're playing somebody with such a stylistic difference that they're going to be able to, you know, get Mizzou out of their element. No, I think Utah State's going to get out and run. They're going to shoot threes, but Mizzou has really poor defensive tendencies against three-point shots, and so that's a little scary. But they're, they're kind of mirror images to where you say, hey, if you just execute what you do better than what they're able to execute on a given day, uh, maybe it's your day, and Mizzou's able to advance because of it. I, I don't know if that's going to end up happening. I hope that it does. I'm going to put it in my my bracket that way because I got to I got to be a homer in this case. Arizona over Princeton. I'm I'm advancing it really quickly so we can get moving on with the podcast because we're I'm already talking longer than I intended to here on this first region. But I will say this: I'm taking Princeton. I think on the point spread, it's like 14 and a half. Um, Princeton could be interesting. Arizona sometimes not the most efficient scoring. They they won that Pac-12 championship game over UCLA like 61-59. If that's the environment of this game and Princeton figures out a way to sort of neutralize the impact of Tubelis and Balo, the two big dudes for Arizona that are going to cause fits to Missouri if we end up seeing that game be played, uh, maybe Princeton could be interesting. I'm not going to completely dismiss them outright, but I don't have the confidence in it to pick against Arizona in my bracket there in the first round. I wish I did, though. Let's move on to the round of 32 now over in the South region. Alabama-West Virginia, like I said, I could see a scenario where West Virginia gives Alabama some fits, but at the end of the day, Alabama's going to have the best player on the floor in any matchup that they're in, and I just it gets to be a point where you have to go with a little bit of game theory later on in the, the bracket proceeding. Like, I usually get these 8-9 matchups wrong, and I advance West Virginia – but do I have the confidence to say that West Virginia is going to, first of all, get to this matchup in the first place against Bama and then be able to win it to advance? Probably not. I don't trust myself. I, I'm going to have a one-seed exit early, but it's not going to be Alabama. So we'll go Alabama or West Virginia. This one, San Diego State, Furman. Uh, again, I hope it is Furman there. That'd be a lot of fun. I'm sort of wedged into having to take San Diego State here. Furman could be a fun story, man. If they beat Virginia... I could see them beating San Diego State because it's a very similar style team, right? Um, Virginia-San Diego State, if that ends up being a second-round matchup, I think you see the, the point total probably like 111.5. It's going to be a very low-scoring game. Race to 55 might win it. Um, so Furman, if, they, if they're able to beat Virginia, I could see them doing the same thing to San Diego State. But I think San Diego State's a little bit better of a team. And uh, as much as, again, I'll be rooting for Charleston in, in that first round over San Diego State to make that upset. I think it's more likely that we see the Aztecs get to the Sweet 16. Bottom half of the South region, Creighton and UC Santa Barbara. Again, I had mentioned that I was going to advance Creighton anyway, so I could put Baylor here, right? I could say, oh, Baylor's going to beat the 14 seed. I like Creighton in that second round matchup, and so that's why I kind of decided, eh, go with the Gauchos, go with the 14 over the three, get a little creative, get a little fancy. Um, I think Creighton, they've got a really good thing going, like I said, when you look at the the historical data on teams that are, are eligible anyway to be considered for national champions, you got to be in that top 40 in both adjusted offensive and defensive efficiency, and Creighton is that. So I like the Creighton Blue Jays out of the Big East. I think they can advance to the Sweet 16, and I'm taking Arizona to beat Missouri. As much as I think that matchup could be exciting because Arizona is a top offensive team, um, they they get out and run, too. I want to check their uh, adjusted tempo. Fourth in adjusted offensive efficiency, ninth in tempo. So they just run, run, run. Mizzou has no problem doing that. They'd have to answer for, for the big dudes, the seven-footers, 
uh, on Arizona's team, and I think ultimately that would be too much for Missouri, but it would be a lot of fun to watch them try. Um, but at the end of the day, yeah, I'm advancing I'm advancing Arizona there to, to the uh, Sweet 16. Alabama, San Diego State, this is where I just don't think San Diego State's quite got the scoring prowess to be able to hang with Alabama, so advance the Crimson Tide once again. And uh, this is, I think, where I'm going to have Arizona bow out. And again, this is part of the whole thing with, eh, it's my team in the bracket. What do I do with Missouri? I'm kind of going to be rooting against Arizona anyway, right? So at this point, I might as well have them bow out in the Sweet 16. I do think Creighton could be that kind of team. Like if you look at the Ken Palm uh, metrics, Arizona is 10th in the country. Creighton is 13th. So there's not a whole lot of a gap there in terms of what the metrics think about these two teams. And like I said, I look at Arizona and think, okay, they could have some problems with Princeton. Uh, they could have problems with Utah State if Missouri ends up losing in that first-round game, which they are underdogs. I think you saw Utah State could beat Arizona. I'll have some alternate brackets where I do pick it that way. Um, I'm in a contest that rewards you by the seed. So if you're a 10-seed Utah State in the first round, it's worth 10 points if they do end up winning and you pick it in your bracket. Round two, it's a multiplier. So 10 times two if they were to advance into the Sweet 16. So I'll, I'll end up playing with some stuff, I think, like that um, at, at the end of the day when I do some of those other bracket contests. But for this one, my my one true bracket that's just based on standard advance the teams that you think are going to win. There's no multipliers other than the round. Um, I'm going to advance Alabama and Creighton to the Elite Eight, and I am going to have Alabama to the Final Four. Like I said, I think there could be ways that Alabama ends up tripping up based on we saw some lackluster performances by the Crimson Tide down the stretch. Um, it took them a little bit of time to get going in some of those SEC tournament games. But ultimately, I just think they're better than everybody they're going to come up against. They have so much firepower on the offensive end. Uh, defensively, they're they're good as well. well. Look at the Ken Palm numbers. Give you an idea. They're number three in Ken Palm, 19th on offense, third on defense with a number four adjusted tempo. So they, they can, they're never out of any game. They usually aren't going to fall behind by too much because they have such a great defense. Like they're a very well-rounded team. I look at the West Virginia game. Yeah, I could see West Virginia being close at halftime. I don't think they're going to be able to to fight them off for 40 minutes. I don't love the matchup for San Diego State against Alabama. And, and Creighton, I was already pushing my luck maybe a little bit trying to advance them uh, to this point in the bracket. So I've got Alabama to the Final Four out of the South region. Let me know what you think of that. Obviously, when we go back and look through the bracket here, um, I can tell you my upset picks in this region, you, you can see him looking at them based on the way we're filling this out. Furman is one that I like to be able to do a little bit of damage just because I hate Virginia. Um, Santa Barbara is more of a flyer. I don't know how much I truly believe in that one, but it's kind of fun to pick it. I think Creighton, as a sleeper in the region, is certainly uh, viable as I have them advancing to the Elite Eight as a sixth seed. But like I said... Those 11s can be tricky. If NC State ends up being the darling in this in this bracket, I'm going to hate March Madness because I've got I've got Creighton going pretty far and doing some damage. I will say though, Missouri could absolutely beat NC State. So you get into a situation where Baylor goes down in that first round, Creighton goes down, and Missouri is able to escape the first round. If some upsets happen around the Tigers, I'll kind of show it here on the ESPN. If you're looking at the video, there's an opportunity there for Alabama Missouri to be a rematch in. The Elite Eight, but more realistically, I think it's probably going to be uh, the Tigers 
bowing out relatively early. I'm I'm rooting against it, but that's kind of where I'm at. That's my breakdown of the region. Let me know what you think of it at bshafer12 on Twitter and stay tuned to the bshafe daily podcast feed as we continue to break down the bracket. We'll have south, midwest, west, and east region breakdowns. And then when I do the last one, I'll kind of talk about the final four as well and, and, and give you the scoop on what I have for that. Thank you guys for joining me. Stay tuned for the next one. We're going to be rocking and rolling here on B-Shafe Daily. Appreciate you guys as always, and we'll talk to you next time on B-Shafe Daily. Peace.